time to put on your suit. We're going back to court. You think the liquor laws in your state suck? Strap in for some amazing fuckery. Where has all the beer gone? Mexico may run out. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. If it doesn't have barley, we can't be bothered. If it's not hopped, it isn't happening. If it's not fermented, we don't fucking care. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Hi, Tyler. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. I'll give your little intro a C today. You're still, you could have done better. You're still rating my intros. I thought we had, I thought we had long since stopped that. Nope. Okay. Jeremy, I will never stop rating you. <laughs> It's never stop judge judge me at every turn. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna judge you some more. What are you drinking? Um, I got a hold of uh, Ederson Valley's Black Rice Ale. Um, and it's how is it? It's interesting. So it it pours uh like really deep ruby. You know, looks black in the glass. It's got like a very very light. Oh, you know, grainy. Uh, bready uh, aroma, and it's got just a touch of just a touch of roast, um, a little bit of like uh, malty body, a little bit of like crackery bready malt, but it's almost like a uh, it's almost like a black lager uh, with even less uh, a roasted quality to it. It's really kind of nice as far as just a like a really light uh, a, a really light dark ale. Nice. So it's like you dropped a grain of roasted barley into uh, Bud Light. I mean, there's there's more hops in it than that. There's a there's a decent amount of like spicy hops, and it's nice. an ale, so it's got so it doesn't have like that really light body, there's crisp, clean th- finish. Right. It's it's definitely got like that fruity like ale um, quality about it. But it's uh it, yeah, that's a nice refreshing beer. What are you drinking? Awesome. I. Uh, I'm drinking some Ratchet Strap from Barley Browns Brewing out of Baker City. Uh, I am, I mean, we have got one nice thing from this whole COVID pandemic, and it's Barley Browns now consistently canning some of their beers. Um, For those of you who aren't in, basically in the Oregon and Western Idaho markets, um, Barley Browns is a spectacular brewery that has been... um, I would go so far as to say militant against packaging their beer. Um, previously, you could only get it on draft. Most, a lot of the stuff you could only get at their uh, tap room in Baker City, which is located roughly in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, Oregon. Um, Small town too. <laughs> actually, it's a real pretty town. I mean, it's it's it'd be it's a weird destination. I'd I'd highly recommend you know a, a, a weekend there. Um, just. It's it's a lovely area, but and of course you got barley browns. But anyway, um, the uh, they just for the uh, well it remains to be seen. But it's starting with the uh, pandemic. They decided to start canning, and um, yeah, that beer is absolutely uh, it, it's it's been flying off the shelves in a in in a way I've never seen. So how is it? Yeah. It is delicious. When I popped open the can, I just got hit with a nice, real rich citrus floral aroma. Uh, holding and not even having the can up to my face, it was cracked it open on the table and just got hit with that beautiful aroma. Um, and then, yeah, just nice citrus forward West Coast IPA. Just what you want out of a West Coast IPA. But for some reason, I was thinking Ratchet Strap was a double IPA, and it's a single IPA. Uh, for some reason, I think, uh, yeah, I had that misconception too. But no, it's 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 the the other. I, th- I think it's the other another IPA, right up there with Pallet Jack. I mean, Pallet Jack is I think their flagship IPA. But this is, and there's also Ratchet Strap. Yeah, but for some reason, I thought Pallet Jack was the single. Ratchet's Trap was the double, and the handcart was the pail, but I was mistaken. Um, and that's why you can't be trusted with anything, Tyler. I know. 
All right. But apparently people listen to us, so they trust us with something. A few people do, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, and uh, speaking of which, we got beer. I think we got stories. Uh, shall we get into it? Yeah, we've got some breaking news. Not related to COVID. Thank God. Huh? So we have some breaking news. Basically, that we've been tracking the whole life of this podcast. Uh, Since, I think, episode news? one, really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there has been a new decision on the Molson Coors versus Anheuser-Busch corn syrup ads. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, just about everybody who uh, uh, who listens to this podcast probably knows. But um, really quick recap. Let's see if I can't do this in like uh, under fifteen seconds. Uh, a couple, a couple. No, about there was a year ago because it was episode number one for us um, during the Super Bowl. Uh, basically, uh, Anheuser Busch does what Anheuser Busch does best. Uh, were gigantic cock knockers. Uh, they put an ad out accusing uh, Miller Coors of using corn syrup, and it's been a shit show ever since. Yep, uh, Molson Coors then took them to court trying to get it thrown out, saying, hey, they can't use this in the ads. Uh, the Western District of Wisconsin granted a primary preliminary injunction that prevented AB from implying Coors Light Miller Light contained corn syrup in television, billboard, and print advertising. Um, and then... It later blocked Anheuser-Busch from using no corn syrup on its Bud Light packaging because they said, by saying that, it means Miller Light and Coors Light you have corn syrup in context of the full campaign. Um, so literally probably 10 minutes before we hopped on to record this podcast, saw an article pop up from Bloomberg Law. Um Shit's getting real when Stating, we're quoting Bloomberg Law. <laughs> I actually got two Bloomberg articles today, so. All right, well, this. I was going to is... say we're get we're getting fucking desperate. I mean, <laughs> no, the problem is, is that the the the, the craft beer news is actually um it's it's actually wandering into you know just. It's running into meaningful territory where legitimate news sources are actually starting to cover it, which is really unsettling to me. But let's get through this. We need to <laughs> just craft beer is real. What's happening? Well, this is really craft beer, though. This is the, this is the uh, uh, this is the, the 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 two joggernauts butting each other's heads together, um, and then craft beer can you know grab a beer and some popcorn and watch and giggle. Yeah, this is Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah, if both of them um, were awful. If one of them especially awful. <laughs> so, the Seventh Circuit Court struck down today, or struck down a Wisconsin District Court's decision that barred Anheuser-Busch from implying Molson Coors, Coors Light, and Miller Light contained corn syrup. Um, so, with this here... Um, the judge basically said, AB InBev can use their corn syrup ads. We can, they, 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 can go can back, they can go back to the stupid fucking bro night going, oh, we don't use corn syrup in our beer. Yep. Um, so when they had Molson Coors uh, appealed this decision, uh, but the U.S. Court of Appeals in seven circuit said uh, none of the injunction should stand. Uh, they said to the extent that the injunction prevents Anheuser-Busch from stating that Miller Lite or Coors Light contain corn syrup. So to the extent that the injunction prevents Anheuser-Busch from stating that Miller Lite or Coors Light contain corn syrup, it is vacated, the court said, because Anheuser-Busch has never stated this or said that it wants to do so. The aspect of the order is advisory. Um, the judge said the case has always been very simple. Um, and what really kind of sealed Molson Coors' fate, according to this article, is Molson Coors uh, uses 
the word ingredients, which has multiple meanings. Um, oh, for God's sake, this is going to hurt, and isn't it? They use the word ingredients on their products, and they put in ingredients corn syrup. Okay. And in the court case, Molson Coors officials even said that you know the ingredient list and everything is accurate and so by saying the ingredient list is act accurate and they list it as an ingredient it can be assumed that not all the corn syrup syrup is used up during fermentation leaving some corn syrup in the beer well meaning ab and bev wasn't wrong well, and let's be absolutely clear. AB and Bev was never wrong, but there's two things. I mean, you know, number one, it's not high fructose corn syrup, which is Correct. which is the scary one that people should rightly be a little bit concerned over putting it, you know, drinking too much of. Uh, this is like liquid dextrose, and um, and um, uh, and of course, I think you said it best. Um, uh, in episode one, uh, maybe you can rehash your little rant. Uh, Tyler, tell, tell us the other reason why this is stupid. I mean, uh, wow, that's asking me to remember a long year. Hint, uh, rice. I, I was going to say, and AB InBev uses, and they even advertise on their labels, they use rice. But they're not using actual rice like you would think I'm making a dinner with, like, chicken and rice. They're using rice syrup. So it's the same fucking thing as corn syrup, except it comes from rice, not corn. Still giving you the same sugars. Yeah. So. No. But I can't believe I'm about to say this. In defense of AB InBev on this situation... They never claimed you're off the podcast. Molson Coors. <laughs> they never claimed Molson Coors used high fructose corn syrup. They just said corn syrup because they know the average American is fucking stupid and doesn't know the difference between corn syrup and high fructose corn syrup. So they let them make that inference themselves, but it gives them the legal backing that they need to say we never said that. No, I mean everything was like very carefully worded, and you know that that you. And I, although I find it interesting that it was on their ingredients list. First of all, I don't that I never think I I don't think I've ever seen an ingredients list on a package of Miller. Or I guess I've never really looked for an ingredients list on a package of Miller. Yeah, I, that surprised me too. Um, and the court said. You know, if Molson Coors really has a problem, they can mock Bud Light back in return in ads, but uh, litigation should not be a substitute for competition in the market. Uh, I mean, given that one of the players is famously anti-competition, who uh, who uh, 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 openly violates, um, uh, you know, uh, aid to retail laws and is openly hostile towards craft beer... Um, you know, I find that humorous, but I mean, you kind of kind of go, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that kind of makes sense. That's their, about their only recourse. Yeah. And I was curious to see how this would all play out. And I'm sure knowing these two big companies, this isn't the last we're going to talk about this because someone will try to appeal it with another court and see what we can get but i think kind of the point that really stuck out to me is kind of like what you just mentioned they had it in the ingredients and i kind of want to go buy like a case of like miller light now just to see if they have an ingredients list on it well you know you and you you, you kind of want to i mean that's that's a strange thing to have to punish Miller for, or, or Miller Coors, or um, for is being transparent about what they're making their beer out of. Especially since um, you know AB InBev is making such a big deal of, yeah, we're being transparent of what we put in our beer. No, you're not. You fucking lying, cock sucking bastards. Anyway, you're you can send that legal lawsuit semi- to Tyler Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> you're being semi-transparent. <laughs> 
you're 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 no being nowhere near transparent. You've amazing gaping dick holes. I was gonna say you're being about as transparent as a windshield in a rainstorm, but the windshield wipers have just been beat to shit, scraping guys all year long. <laughs> and so when you send the windshield wiper up, it basically makes it worse visibility than if you would just let the rain hit the windshield normally. Um, I guess I've at this point in time, I'd be a little bit... Uh, um a little bit confused about it moving forward just because at this point in time, I feel like there is no winners except for the legal team, you know, the legal firms that are representing either one who are, I mean, I'm sure they are very busy, uh, uh, you know, filling their swimming pools with nothing but pure money. This is, uh-huh. <laughs> there, there are, there are a couple of legal, uh, legal firms who are having the, the, the best time right now. I was going to say that probably don't even know there's a global pandemic going on. They're too busy counting money. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I guess in, in as much that it's uh, uh, draining the coffers of two gigantic corporations. Good. I guess I don't, it really does. It there's really, it's really kind of meaningless other than the insidious part of this where, I mean, I kind of hit upon this, but um AB InBev's like push to put the nutritional facts and the ingredients and all that on their um, on their uh, uh, labels, um, which I am still convinced. You know, let me get, put my tinfoil hat on. Um, I'm still convinced that this is a prelude uh, to them being able to push for legislation um, requiring all beer to have this on there so they can push smaller breweries out of the market who can't afford to, you know, do the testing required for that. So, I mean, when they, which is why, which was what I kind of said when they were like, well, the, uh, the, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, the real solution of this is a free and open market. I kind of want to laugh really in a mean tone of voice. <laughs> Oh man! That's just, that's just well, me. Jeremy, is your <laughs> is your tinfoil hat off? Um, let me hold on a second. No, actually, we're, we're where I'm going. You might as well keep the tinfoil hat on because shit's uh, shit's not getting any better. Well, tally ho, and let's lead us down another rabbit hole. All right, um, Minnesota can suck Tyler's Grundle news now. Um. I'm down. <laughs> actually, this is this this evolved into actually uh, um, uh, a a story about a couple of states who. Uh, so the interesting thing about the uh, the global pandemic is that I think it's shining a giant spotlight on some pretty uh, uh, disturbing cracks in society. And one in particular that I'm interested about, especially, and we've been interested in for a long time, is uh, kind of fucked up laws regarding beer, wine, and liquor. Um, And in a couple of states, um, those have gone from being, you know, uh, uh, highly irritating to being uh, downright devastating for what's left of their craft beer industry. Um. So yeah, let's start over with uh, let's start over uh, at Minnesota. Um, so this story comes from the Star Tribune by uh, uh, John Ewalt, um, and we've talked about Minnesota's uh, awful laws before. I think I think last summer we uh, uh, talked about um, how they had they had like really weird restrictions on. The amount, to go beer, right? Right. So if this is going to be half remembered uh, again, uh, go back, listen to what we were actually saying. This is, this is going to be half remembered. But if I remember correctly, um, a brewery could sell only a certain amount, um, at which point in time they basically had to shut down growlers or they could sell only so much um, uh, to go before they had to shut down growlers because they'd hit their legal limit. Does that sound am I somewhat close? 
Yeah, that's kind of the Cliff Notes version, if I remember. I mean, essentially, they, they, there was a, a an arbitrary um, amount of beer a brewery could sell. And a couple of beer, a couple of breweries were getting big enough that they were hitting that limit, um, and getting to the point where they literally just had to shut down for um, a couple of months, or at least shut down take home. Um, so correct. Um, which is you know not great during the you know even during the best of times. Um, there's there's an interesting uh, uh, second thing that is. Um, uh, that that is uh, 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 come to light, um, and a lot of breweries right now, of course, are having to survive with what they are able to package and sell out of their tap room. Um, and for most breweries, this is growler uh, and crowlers and that, um, and also not to mention, I mean, uh, six pack, twelve packs, or sixteen ounces. A lot of breweries are. Managing to stay afloat by just packing, packaging their beer in 12-ounce cans or 16-ounce cans and selling those out of their tap room. Yep. But this is illegal in Minnesota. <laughs> State law forbids breweries from selling smaller package options uh, as, as in 12-ounce or 16-ounce cans like, like they would have in grocery stores out of their tap room. Um, and actually... At this point in time, the larger breweries such as Surly, Fulton, and Castle Danger can't sell growlers at all. Um, this is part of a law that uh, was enacted to compete uh, the largest breweries from competing with liquor stores and wholesalers. Which is, and they haven't made any adjustments during this pandemic, or um, I'm getting to that. Um, so okay. Um, uh, but you know, but they're working on trying to change the growler laws for uh, for um, for larger breweries. But specifically, the big push was to let um, all breweries, smaller ones and larger ones, sell twelve uh, and sixteen ounce cans. Um, and actually, they appealed to the state legislators. Um, it was on a bill. The bill went through and passed, um, but. They found out that an interesting thing happened on the way to being passed. Um, the part it got cut. The breweries, yeah, they got cut out of it. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> um, according to the Minneapolis CBS affiliate uh, WCCO, um, the yeah, the it is now legal for restaurants. Uh, to sell 16 and 12 ounce cans. It is now legal for bars to do so, but is not legal for breweries. Uh, do we what take, the fuck? Do, do you want to take a minute to... Tyler, do you need your soapbox for a second? <laughs> I mean... The fact... Any, if I was a fucking brewery in Minnesota, I'd be like, any... Member of the legislator in our state that voted yes on this will no longer be allowed to drink any of our product. <laughs> I mean, at all, or I mean, I feel like you can keep them out of your tap room. But it's going to be hard to to make sure they don't get. Yeah. Any... Just put. I mean, as much as you can control. If I see you at a beer festival, I'm going to be like, no, I I'm not pouring you anything. <laughs> Fuck you. I just got his image Get of Tyler back. walking around at the beer festival, finding a state legislator, slapping the beer out of his hand, and said, no beer for you. Oh, oh, you like a four-ounce glass? Well, guess what? I can't sell a 12-ounce can, so get bent. Um, do you want to guess why um, the, the breweries got cut out of this? Because some lobbyist is really good at his job and makes a lot of money owning politicians who are fucking corrupt and terrible correct um do you want to know exactly which which uh, uh industry these lobbyists represented bars and restaurants uh restaurants specifically according to the uh to to the article from the cbs affiliate so well, call me sherlock holmes what I, I mean what we are seeing there is um is yeah kind of a shitty situation where um 
you know, you've got two industries that are very, very much suffering. Um, and instead of helping each other out at some point in time, you got one actively fucking the other in the ass. So, and, and the crazy part is these industries are tied together still. I mean, restaurants, they got to buy the beer from someone to sell. Yeah, and that way they can buy 12 and 16 ounce cans from the breweries and some on the restaurants. See, it's all it's all it's all good, Tyler. It's all good. There's no problem with this at all. Um Yeah, is... but then if you sell a lot of local product and then <laughs> because they can't do this shit at their brewery and they go out of business. Who the fuck are you going to buy from? Uh, I believe uh, Miller Coors is uh, just waiting in the wings to sell you um, some of their corn syrup beer. Apparently I can legally say that, (laughs) so I'm going to go ahead and go for it. (laughs) Um, Fuck yeah. It's on the ingredient list. If you live in Minnesota, you are urged to call your legislators. um, Possibly bitch at them and using the exact language Tyler, maybe not using the exact word Tyler used. That's the, but um, in the meantime, breweries are actually being forced to simply dump their beer because they just can't sell it it as is. They're not selling enough growlers. Um, They're not selling enough crowlers. Crowlers are hard to get a hold of. Uh, The director of uh, Bauhaus uh, Brewing, uh, Drew Hurst, actually told uh, WCCD, uh, we just had to dump a 30-barrel batch of beer down the drain, and we expect to have to dump more coming up. Uh, it was their springtime Hefeweizen, and it's um, it's going away. So my question is, is the lowest they can go a 16-ounce can? Or a 22-ounce bottle? Um, it didn't specify what the smallest one, but I'm guessing bombers are out too, because that would be kind of a logical loophole um it didn't specifically say what the smallest container was and by the way the fact that there's a that you can only sell you know you know what i want to say that uh, somewhere i in in some article it said 32 ounce and 64 ounce were okay but anything under 32 ounce was not okay honestly this is how petty i am i would go find one of those restaurants who i know Fun, fun, funnels money into that restaurant guild or whoever pays the lobbyist. And I'd be like, okay, they're selling a 12 or 16 ounce can from us at this price. Well, today we're going to do a growler special on this beer at that price. I mean, you might as well, if you're just going to dump it, you might as well just say, you know what? Fuck it. Growlers for five bucks a pop. Come on. And just say, ha ha, still can do that. Get bent. <laughs> um, you know, show us show us the shitty review you left on a, a, on a restaurant's website and we'll uh, take another dollar off. That's probably not fair. It's not it's only a few restaurants that are uh, kicking money back to the lobbyist. Yeah, you just got to figure out those restaurants and then expect to, when this all blows over, never sell another beer to them. <laughs> well, Tyler, are you ready to get even angrier? Well, yeah, my neighbors probably hate me right now, but let's well, strap in. Well, first of all, I need another beer. I got uh, Ederson Valley's Tropical Hazy Sour Ale. Uh, it is a, uh, uh, a sour with passion fruit, uh, guava, and coriander. Nice. I switched beers as well. What do you got? I stick it on the theme of Barley Browns. Uh, the Ocam's Hazer. Their Hazy IPA. How is it? It is solid. It is a Hazy IPA. I'm just debating whether or not to correct you on the pronunciation. Well, step right up, grammar Nazi. <laughs> it's Occam's Hazer. Occam's Hazer. As in Occam's Razor. Whoop dee doo, Basil. Sci- Who a, gives a fuck? It's a science term, Tyler. Hmm, well, 
Guess Sorry. what, Jeremy? I don't care. <laughs> Those science classes really took hold in uh, northern Idaho, I can tell. Oh, dude. I like science. But... <laughs> um. Oh, this one's good. I mean, it's it's this it's, it's as advertised. It's a sour ale with, yeah, tropical fruit. Nice, clean, refreshing. Little light on the, little light on the fruit, but and I don't pick up any coriander. But yeah, that's a nice one. Nice. All right, so we got a beer. Um, let's get into this one. Um, Actually, after I read this article, I think we may have to do an entire episode about shitty state alcohol laws and try to determine the absolute worst state in the United States for booze. Yeah. You know, Ooh. This is That'd be like a That'd be like a two week research episode. <laughs> <laughs> um but after this editorial I found in the com by uh, Lou Bryson, um I'm gonna go ahead and nominate Pennsylvania for the worst alcohol laws in the country um okay let's hear it i mean i always knew something was fucked up there i actually did a lot of traveling in that state and besides grocery stores the only place to actually get beer was at these so-called beer distributors now what they were i mean they were essentially beer stores um they a lot of they were kind of like a they were kind of a cross between a beer store and a convenience store with very limited food selection. They sold nuts and chips and stuff like that. Um, but the weird thing was, is you were not allowed to buy a six pack of beer. You had to buy a case of it. <laughs> um, which is, I mean, I guess if some's good, more is better. <laughs> Well, you I mean, even when I was, I was, there was a beer I wanted to get and, and I, they, you could only find it at one of these beer distributors. And when I went down there, they're like, yeah, I'll take a six pack of that. We can't sell you a six pack. You have to buy the whole case. You, you fucking kidding me? You think, but what if I don't like it? <laughs> you think, I mean, luckily I knew I liked it, but it's like, are you trying to, are you trying to convince me not to drink by telling me I have to abide an insane amount? Cause sir challenge accepted um the good news is is this uh quote-unquote case law uh has actually been overturned fairly recently but um it actually gets weirder all right to start off pennsylvania is the only state in the union to close its liquor stores due to the covid19 pandemic the only state i i did hear about that and i did hear some medical professionals were like Liquor stores shouldn't be uh, open during this time. And I was like, go fuck yourself. You're a terrible human. Kill yourself. Well, I mean, <laughs> I got real there for a second. Um, they are essential. They are, they are essential. Um, but it's interesting that right now, if you think about it, it's easier to get a bottle of whiskey in fucking Utah than it is in Pennsylvania. Just want to take a minute to let that sink in a second. Um, Now, they are a liquor control state, um, much like we are here in Idaho and our in our neighbor Oregon, and um, which means that um, only state-run liquor can carry distilled spirits and wine. Um, Although apparently you can buy bottles of wine, liquor, and beer to go at at bars, which is you know, handy. That's all right. All right. All right. That's but wait. Not... How does the bar restock? <laughs> well, they, they have to buy out. it from the liquor stores. I'm a yeah. little, I'm a little bit like, so, I don't know exactly like how that works that you maybe, maybe you can't get a full bottle of liquor from a bar, but the way the, the editorial was written made it sound like you could. So, I'm just going to assume you can until somebody in Pennsylvania uh, sends me an email and corrects me. And you can send that email to itsallbeer at gmail.com. And use the subject line, Jeremy's a fuckwad. (laughs) I mean, if you want to be mean, sure, you can do that. Um, But, I mean, they so, and actually until 2009... That's 2009, not 1909. Supermarkets weren't allowed to carry wine or beer at all. 
Um, and they actually re- passed the law that year that allowed supermarkets to buy a so-called bar license, which is why I, I get the impression that you can buy like a beer and wine at least out of a bar. But you're going to love this. In order for a grocery store to carry wine and beer, they have to have a 30-seat, quote-unquote, cafe and separate registers for the booze. Which you might remember from North Dakota in our last episode. I was going to say, I've heard this somewhere. (laughs) Yes. North Dakota also, you have to have a completely separate area uh, to pay for your... Uh, wine and beer, uh, because it turns out a person who can buy wine and beer and food at the same time will immediately kill a child and sacrifice his uh, soul to Satan. Just that's fact. That is a fact. Satin, satin. <laughs> they turn him into satin. <laughs> I've been saying it wrong. So you can make time. all the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, what I'm saying uh, is Pennsylvania is worse than Utah and North Dakota, and I think that should be on their license plates. <laughs> <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yeah, we're worse than Utah and North Dakota. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We need to shame them into changing these. Now, why like... did they do this? Well, according to the article, the bars and, I mean, once again, the bar and restaurant lobby re- uh, rears its ugly fucking head. Um, they did that so that the bars wouldn't lose their takeout business. And, I mean, there's, again, a bit of a running theme where you got one industry that's afraid of losing money because it games the system and the fucked up laws. And so they have to fuck another industry who then fucks another industry. Basically, Pennsylvania economy, Pennsylvania's economy hate fucks itself. That's what's happening. Just a giant hate clusterfuck. It is the human centipede <laughs> of fucking economies. But Just guess- shitting in each other's mouths and then wondering why nothing is fucking working. But guess what? That was happening before the pandemic. And you want to know what's happened since then? (laughs) Now that the liquor stores are closed? Everyone's converted to Mormonism? Absolutely. Um, Well, well, first of all, let's talk about how how they rolled this out. All right. So they announced the liquor stores were going to be closed. Um, uh, They they announced it one day before. And the day they announced it was the day before St. Patty's Day. Whoa. I would give literally anything to watch a television show that was nothing but security cam footage of the Pennsylvania liquor stores on the day before St. Patty's Day. Because... (laughs) And St. Patty's Day. (laughs) That would be epic. I mean, you, you take the worst, like, footage from Black Friday anywhere in the world, and that would seem like a child's, you know, game of tag by comparison. It had to be amazing. Oh, 100%. Well, I did... This did spark a memory in my mind. I saw an article, and I never read it, because I was like, huh, that's odd, and just kept scrolling. But talking about how other states are pissed off at Pennsylvania because all their residents are coming into their state and buying them out of liquor yes, because Pennsylvania shut down liquor stores. And I'm like... Huh, that's odd. Oh yes. well. Um, and no, in fact, Ohio, um, Ohio recommended their stores stop serving anybody without an Ohio ID. Damn. Um, Delaware. The, the article says that Delaware closed its borders, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. I don't think you can have like cops on the Delaware border. Like, I don't know. Turn, I don't think you can do that, but. Yeah, you can, and I'm sh- Delaware's like one square mile. So <laughs> fair. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the cop watching one side can also watch the other. Fair enough, um, but but yeah, um, the, it turns out. I mean, surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, when they shut down the liquor stores, everybody didn't go home and start loving Jesus extra hard because that's not how people work. <laughs> I was going to say, Prohibition should have taught you that people are going to find a way to drink but if you take alcohol away from them. 
but you know what? It's actually fine. Actually, so here's so the uh, the the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board um, realized that they had created a giant um, a giant clusterfuck, um, and so they decided to remedy this by create to, by doing online sales. Um, <laughs> except <laughs> what happened next is so ridiculous. Servers crashed. It. No, dumber. So here's the thing. They were they were actually afraid of like that be this being so popular that servers would crash. And so to uh to help mitigate that, um they uh put a uh put a randomizer um in the uh in the server so that it would reject the majority of people trying to uh, to access a site. So, in the end, oh. only one percent of all requests for the page actually made it through. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that! Imagine that sound, except for it's coming from literally every person in the state. <laughs> and that's what Pennsylvania sounds like right now. <laughs> False, false, Jeremy. That's ninety nine percent of the people in, and then you got the one percent hooping and hollering because they got through calling their neighbors, going, "What do you need me to buy for you?" Well, that's the thing. You can only buy six bottles at a time, and <laughs> and um um to do that, you had to go to the liquor store with your ID and credit card. You had to hand that through the door. And then they hand you your six six or less bottles of liquor so you can go home, drink them all immediately because of what you just had to go through and realize that you are fucked. But there oh, is a fuck. But there is a silver lining. Took you back to Mordor, or take you right into Mordor, we're going right back to the Shire, I promise. There is a good there is good news. Some hillbilly from Kentucky decided to drive up a tanker full of moonshine and start selling it by the mason jar to everyone in Pennsylvania? Kinda. So, because local Pennsylvania distillers are apparently not under the umbrella of these booze Nazis, in fact, there's very little laws regarding how they can operate, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, relative to the rest of the industry, um... These small operations have seen a huge surge because they can do curbside pickup and delivery. In fact, according to the article, almost every Pennsylvania distiller is doing statewide delivery right now. Damn. And there is no limit, apparently. Um, and yeah, they are killing it. So I just heard the erection of every <laughs> Pennsylvania distiller when they heard that news. <laughs> So there you have it. The Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board failed so hard that they ad- actually managed to help local business. Congratulations. Congratulations, you incredibly incompetent fucking idiots. They should go work for the federal government. They're that bad at failing. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, yeah. Uh, I, uh, here's, uh, here's to the, uh, the members of the Pennsylvania, uh, liquor board. Um, I hope you all get the COVID. No, I've actually, no, never mind. I hope you get the clap from a donkey. Anal warts. Anal warts. <laughs> from a donkey. <laughs> That'll just be the, just the inexplicable end of the, uh, uh, the name of this podcast. Just, and from a donkey. <laughs> You heard it here from the donkey's mouth. <laughs> All right. Tyler, you got something else today? I do. We're going to talk some more about imbecilic governments saying alcohol is not essential. I mean, you you would think, I mean, look, even here in Idaho, they realize that you don't want people cooped up and sober. That's how revolutions happen. Yeah. But go ahead. So this uh, article, again, was on uh, Bloomberg. um, And it talks about how Mexico's convenience stores are almost out of beer. Uh, Fomento Economico Mexicano Sab 
which operates Latin America's largest chain, chain of convenience stores, said its OXO stores in Mexico are quickly running out of beer after the government shut down breweries last month as non-essential businesses. Uh, so if you didn't hear last month when Mexico started seeing cases of COVID-19 increasing, they issued a stay-at-home order and ruled that breweries were not essential. Oh, um, go fuck yourself, Mexico. <laughs> so the company known as FEMSA had a conference call on Thursday. Um, and the article mentions it's unclear whether Mexican brewers run by AB and Bev, Grupo Modelo, and Heineken uh, would be able to start operating again. Um, but they were talking and they said, if and when we run out of beer, which could be in a couple weeks, that would be negative for sales. Uh, you think? Shocking, right? <laughs> you think? Um, he said, uh, their head of investor relations said, I don't want people to get off the call and run to the store to stock up on beer. But right now, we're probably looking about 10 days of inventory based off current sales. I just had to like and a, I I just started panicking. I mean, I'm not even in Mexico, but <laughs> the idea of like there is only 10 day, 10 days worth of beer, like and I make my own beer. <laughs> I was going to say and Jeremy as someone who makes their own beer, you going to have a batch of beer ready in 10 days? Uh you yes, actually you can. I mean, the right style, the right yeast, it's possible. Um it's not usual, but it's possible. I've been able to. I can turn uh, my German style Hefeweizen over in a week if I'm hop, if I'm properly motivated. Okay, what about a lager? Oh no, no, that ain't happening. Uh, yeah. Lagers take upwards of. Uh, well, there are some experimental yeasts on the market these days that claim to be able to turn over a lager in two weeks or less. Um, I have not experienced those myself, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and suggest that none of these brewers are using those. No, and I do know, uh, like, AB and Bev can knock out, I think, their lager in about two weeks, but really... I well, of course, because they don't actually use fermentation. I'm pretty sure anything alcoholic in Budweiser is part of a pact with, uh, with the devil they formed uh, sometime in the 1900s, and it's really just nothing but demon jizz, which is alcoholic. But it turns out demon jizz is about 10% alcohol, so take that for what you will. <laughs> but... So, as you can tell, with the breweries not being able to brew right now, and only having about 10 days of supply at that, that's a bad that, omen for a lot of the shoppers of this store who like to drink beer. I mean, especially now, because this is not a time when people are forgoing beer. Yeah. Uh, in the article, they also... Uh, talk to uh, a head of a small merchant association uh, that said beer prices had risen 30% at family-run shops um, and the beer companies are all lobbying the government to restart and has stressed the dependence of small stores on beer sales. Um, they talk about how a lot of these people make their living by selling beer and they're taking a huge hit off of it. I mean, if you're um, running a small market, I mean, a lot of time, I mean, the, the, the markup for beer, um, is, is one of the, I mean, is actually pretty substantial. It's one of the few things that a, a, like a grocery store or especially a small store can sell that you can actually make a decent profit on. So a lot of these, I mean, literally a lot for a lot of people, a lot, a lot of these stores, um, they're run on beer. Yeah. Their profit margin is their beer sales effectively. Yeah. So, um, we'll see if some of Mexico's stores run out of beer. Um, I mean, I, I, I have to, I, you have to ask, 
I mean, is so I remember you talking about one of us. I think you brought the article a few weeks ago um, when it first became known that um, the uh, that Mexican Mexico had shut down its breweries. Um, but it was about Constellation, um, who was confident that they weren't going to run out of uh, their their big uh, uh, flagship beer, Corona. You know, appropriately enough. Um, are we going to run out of Corona during the coronavirus pandemic? So the article actually did kind of bring that up. Um, because how could you not? And uh, there was a Barclays investment analyst uh, that said in an April 29th note uh, that she estimated Constellation Brands has ample supply to meet demand through the end of October. All right, so there's something now, even worse there because that makes me think that there is plenty of beer somewhere in Mexico in a warehouse marked for America. I was going to say, now, whether that is for a America or uh, for Mexico, I'm not sure. Or if Constellation has that but can't get it to the distributors who can then get it to the convenience stores. I mean, listen, let me just throw out this idea. All right. So if you're running out of beer, but there is beer, it's just earmarked to go to another country. Clearly Mexico, you're going to have to build a wall (laughs) to keep keep the beer beer in. in. You can't <laughs> just get out, <laughs> put it up that way, and just that that will that will stop all the trucks, and you'll have to go back, and they'll they will uh, you'll be uh, uh, you will have your delicious delicious. Yeah, in fact, I'm hoping you're drinking better. I hope I hope your your shitty beer is Corona that you send up for the dumbass Americans. That's actually my hope. And I'm pretty sure. I was going to say, and and that could be true. All the beer they want to drink. They're running out of the good beer. They're like shit, and they constellations like, but we have Corona. They're like, well, we're not that desperate yet. We got ten more days to sort this out. We'll we may call you. (laughs) We're we're not that time for a Viva la Revolution. (laughs) We're not so desperate that we're going to drink the Corona. (laughs) The Modelo, maybe I don't know. I'm still I'm a fan of Modelo, which you know. Medela, just a nice patio pounder, man. I mean, that sounds like a euphemism, but yes, I I, I agree. It is it is it is a nice uh, uh, summer beer. All right, Tyler, what else you got for us? Somewhere, something happier, uh, I hope. Uh, yeah. So Not this really. has been uh. it's all fucking depressing. Uh, the podcast where all the news is terrible, so it's just like every other news outlet now. Tyler, I, I was going to say we've become mainstream news. Uh, this is yes, we are the lamestream media now. <laughs> uh, no, so I saw this tweet out because right now everyone is in the middle of the global pandemic, and so either trying to do curbside pickup or have food delivered to them. Uh, saw this tweet on Twitter. Uh, retweeted. It was tweeted out by someone and retweeted by someone that I follow. And it, I kind of nerded out for a second and then was like, wow, I wish more people kind of knew about this. So I'm telling more people. Uh, it shows an invoice from a rest, a pizza restaurant, um, from Grubhub. It's, and it's a screen. It's a picture of their computer screen. It says summary of March deposits. They had forty six orders on Grubhub for the month of March, mm-hmm. totaling one thousand forty two dollars and sixty three cents in sales. Okay. Subtract two hundred dollars, two hundred six dollars fifty one cents for commission, ninety four dollars ninety nine cents for delivery commission. Thirty-eight fifty-two for processing fee, two hundred thirty-one dollars for promotion. Oh God! Then it goes seven order adjustment. Subtract another one hundred thirty-one dollars and nineteen cents. Add on a nine dollar and seventy-five cent commission, 
add back a $4.88 commission, um, add back a $1.49 processing fee, and a $20 promotion add back, um, and then it was a $0 pay me now fee. So I'm assuming they chose to let the money come into their account after the two to three business days or whatever. Um, the, so the, for a grand total. Uh, oh, yeah. So for a grand total of what came into this company's account from customers trying to help them and support them by ordering delivery through Grubhub of $376 and 54 cents for 46 orders. That's also not count taking into consideration the wages to have someone there making the pizza, the cost of goods, the utilities, the rent, all the overhead of operating as a business. And pizza usually has one of the highest margins in restaurants. And I'm looking at this going, I don't think they made any money from Grubhub I mean, in the I've, month of March. They I've probably heard, lost money. I have heard that, um, I mean, previous to this, uh, from a couple of people who worked in or have run restaurants, that, yeah, Grubhub and similar services, you're, you don't make any money. For, you don't make any money. And, you know, on top of that, um, your people aren't getting tipped. And so it's not so it's it's a really tough justification. You're you're almost just doing it as like an as advertising for your business, in the sense that yeah. people are aware of you. Um, you know, I got such and such a Grubhub. Look at look what they brought. I mean, that's literally the only benefit. Um, so, yeah. oh, and one more thing of that three hundred seventy six dollars and fifty four cents. $5.71 of that was sales tax so that you have to pay over to the state government. Cool. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're going to order something from a business you do enjoy uh, and order some food, see if they have curbside pickup or see if they deliver. Don't order through Grubhub. Try to help them out. Try to give them that extra basically... $700? Yeah. So, be good. Order directly through the restaurants. Let's all help each other out during this time. Uh, thank you for that public service announcement. Uh, uh, this has been It's All Beer. Uh, Grubhub uh, can also suck Tyler's Grub. Bo show. All right. Well, <laughs> that... This has been It's All Beer. Um, as always, uh, you can find uh, the uh, wonderfully lighthearted articles we've been quoting all uh, all evening up on our Twitter account. Um, you can find that at It's All Beer 1 um, in case, you know, you're like looking at the regular news going, yeah, this is depressing, but it's not depressing in a way that makes me sad about beer. Um, our Twitter account can currently uh, help with that. Um, uh, you can check us out on Instagram. Where we post pictures of what we're drinking so you know you know we're so we can mock the nation of mexico by showing that we still have beer uh and we're on facebook as well where we also <laughs> post those pictures so you know we're you can go you can go check that out and uh and, and if you have uh if you have something to tell us uh, if you have stories or something you want us to cover or if you are the entire nation of mexico uh wanting to tell us to go fuck ourselves you can do so at it's all beer at gmail.com um, Please, and, God, send us stories because we're getting real thin on options right now. I mean, it's basically the same the, the same two things. Um, craft beer is dying, um, the state laws suck, and um, Miller is giving out giving away beer if you are getting married or getting a dog. <laughs> that's that's Bush did the dog or Bush. I'm sorry, Bush is that's. Oh, that's right. Save me. So, yeah, Bush is doing the wedding of the dog thing. Yeah. You can still get that. By the way, any updates on the uh, on uh, the uh, on your uh, uh, the, the prize for the wedding um, that you? Uh... Uh, I think the entries close May fourth, so we'll see. 
All right. Well, um, we'll uh, we'll cross our fingers for you. And yeah, you can send uh, any of those stories that you want us to cover at it's all beer at gmail.com. And I think uh, we've done quite enough damage today. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to go drink all Mexico's beer. I'm going to pronounce a beer wrong. Have a good night.